Well, good morning. In today's teaching, we will be taking a look at Proverbs chapter 3. If you are in a position where you can do so, please go ahead and grab a Bible so that you can read along with me as I go through and discuss our verses for today. In this teaching, we will be covering just the first 10 verses of Proverbs chapter 3. And I've been calling this particular series of teachings Wisdom for the Young. Uh, Since it was originally written by a man named Solomon, who wrote down these instructions in hopes that his son would take heed and follow these instructions. However, as I've pointed out in previous teachings, we all have a Father in heaven who saw fit to make sure that the wisdom that he gave to this man Solomon here was written down and preserved for us today so that we, whether we are young or old, can benefit from this wisdom as well. But let's go ahead and get started here. So we're in Proverbs chapter 3, and we're starting in verse 1, where it says, My son, forget not my law, But let thine heart keep my commandments, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Now, as Solomon continues his writing here in this book of Proverbs, we see the love here that a father has for a son. Uh, If you are a son, but not yet a father, this is something that you may not yet be able to fully comprehend at this stage of your life. That is the love that a father has for a son, the love that a good father has for his children in general. But a father such as Solomon here that cares so deeply about his son that he has this desire to see his son have a long and a peaceful life. This is a great father indeed. But all too often, a son, and for that matter, a daughter as well, that allows for rebellion to take root in their heart and they turn their back on sound wisdom, they end up heading off in their lives into a foolish direction and making many bad decisions, okay? It's an unwise direction, as many of us can attest to having done in our lives, right? And many of the sayings that we'll find in the book of Proverbs as we continue to go through it speak to what poor decisions lead to, but they're contrasted by what good decisions lead to as well. You'll find that as you read through the book of Proverbs. And if you don't know this, the book of Proverbs is 31 chapters, and it's uh, a good idea to read a chapter a day every month and hide these things within your heart. Uh, And so many verses within this book, we'll see that there are two types of people, though, that are written about. The wise and the foolish is really what it comes down to in the book of Proverbs. However, a wise son, a wise daughter will take the commands and the advice of his father and keep them secure in his heart so that they will have an effect on their everyday life choices. And of course, if a young person or an older person, for that matter, did not have the wise influence of a fatherly figure in their life, 
um, or a good father. Maybe maybe you had a father in your life, but he didn't give you any wisdom. That happens as well, right? But there's no excuse for that person either to be a fool because all of mankind has the opportunity to seek the advice and to follow the commands of our Heavenly Father. We're all blessed with that benefit. Now, whether one chooses to do it or not, that's a whole other story. Okay? And He, the Father God, has not left us clueless on this earth, but rather He has given us 66 books, all bound up in one book that we call the Holy Bible, and that we can learn life's lessons from this book, the Bible. And this gives us the ability to choose what is right, the ability to follow in the path of righteousness and to keep his commands, as I briefly mentioned earlier here, hidden in our hearts. That's what God desires us to do, as Solomon desires for his son to do when he wrote this. The psalmist David says to the Father God in Psalm 119.11, David said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, David had that heart and God called him a man after his own heart. Sure, David made mistakes in his life. People, we make mistakes in our lives. But God wants us to have a desire to know him and he wants us to seek him. And he wants us to take his commands and hide them in our heart so that on a daily basis as we're out and about in our lives, we live these things out. And people, other people can look and see what's different about you. What is it about you? Why do you have peace? Why do you have contentment? Why do you have joy? Why do you have all these things? And we simply point them back to it's not me. Believe me. It's the father God. I've hidden his commands in my heart. And that takes effort on our parts to do it, right? You see, do you realize, though, that the bad choices that you make in life don't only have an effect on you, the things that you decide to do in your life, but they always have an effect on someone else as well, not just you. There's always someone else that loves you that sees the decisions that you're making, the choices that you may be making in your life, the direction that you may be going, and it hurts them. For one, and above all others, the Father God, who loves you. David said he's hidden the the word of the Lord in his heart that he might not sin against him. He didn't want to offend his creator, his maker, the God who loves him. And your bad choices, your sin in life, will isolate you from Him. It'll separate you from Him, from Him, right? And your bad choices, of course, will affect others around you, as I've said. And of course, we know that God has gone, has gone to the greatest lengths possible in an effort to offer to you forgiveness of your sin if you will choose what is good and repent and come to the Father God in the only way that there is. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But it begins with repentance, turning from your self-led life, and turning to the commands of God and the Word of God, and choosing to follow Him through Jesus Christ. He's the one who died so that we could 
become set free from our sin and that He could be Lord of our lives, King in our lives, and rule our every day and also eternal life as well, right? Secondly, if you had a father that has been active in your life, then this is a man that you can also make the mistake of isolating yourself from by the way of your bad choices. And I'm really speaking to the younger folks with that statement, right? You, isolate, you can isolate yourself from your parents. Lord willing, we'll get here sometime, but in Proverbs chapter 19, verses 26 through 27, it says, He who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son who causes shame and brings reproach. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. That's what Solomon was telling him, his son. Seek, or cease, excuse me, listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. Knowledge. So many foolish people cease listening to instruction. And they live their lives in an ignorant and a sinful manner with no knowledge of what is right. All because they've isolated themselves from the knowledge of the truth. So for the man with no earthly father, fatherly influence, the, the woman with no guidance in her life, the father, God offers plenty of words of knowledge and wisdom written down in the pages of the Bible. And for the man that has been blessed with an earthly father that loves him, he can heed the words of his earthly father as well, if his father is wise and find even more benefits in this life. Now, I've said this in the teachings of both chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Proverbs thus far, but again, I also realize that there are many of you out there that though you may not have had the benefit of a good father in your life, uh, it is also a blessing to have any type of parental guidance involved in your life at all, be it a mother, a grandmother, a grandfather, an aunt, or an uncle, someone that has loved you enough to hope, and, and maybe they've even prayed that you will choose a good path through this life, the ultimate path, that is the path that leads to eternal life. You see, the path that provides the best life is the narrow path, Jesus called it. And that's the path that all disciples of Jesus will follow. It's a narrow path, path. It's not the broad way. Jesus said there's a broad way, a big way, right, that leads to destruction. And what ends up getting destroyed? Your soul ends up getting destroyed. You, internally, who you are, inside, you get destroyed. You get, you're emotionally lost in your thoughts, in your minds, your innermost being. You're lost because you've chosen the broad path. You've chosen to do that which satisfies you, what pleases you, rather than that which is pleasing to God. You've chosen to go with the crowd, go with the flow, and most of the world is on that broad path. And they ignore the narrow path, right? But maybe you're listening to this teaching, and it's time for you to ponder the path of your feet. It's time for you to repent. 
repent before the Lord most importantly, but also have a heart of repentance and sorrow toward all of those that maybe you have hurt and that you have shamed with your foolish decisions. Again, there's no pointing of fingers as I teach this type of teaching because I was a person just like every other person who was lost and without God. I was lost without God in my world until I came to faith in Jesus Christ and surrendered my life to Him and made Him Lord of my life. Does it give me an easy life now? Not at all. Matter of fact, being on a narrow path is a difficult path to be on. Because you have to fight the fight of faith as you walk through this life. No one said it would be easy. Jesus himself said, in this world you will have tribulation. But he said we could be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. But what are the choices that you're making today? And again, maybe it's time to ponder that and to think, what What path have I been on in this life as it relates to who I am as a living soul, as it relates to who God created me to be, who God wants me to be? Take a brief moment with me here and look up to chapter 4. You might not have to turn very far in your Bible. It might be on the same page, uh, Proverbs chapter 4. And of course, I'll discuss these verses in a future teaching, Lord willing, Um, because we're not going to get that far through chapter 3 today. But it says down in chapter 4 of Proverbs, down in verses uh, 26 and 27, it says, Ponder the path of your feet, and let all your ways be established. Do you see that there? Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot. From evil. Okay, now a lot of times we think of the word evil and we we look at what Hollywood portrays as evil, or we look at something that's just extremely evil and we think that that's all that evil is. But really, any missing of the mark, any point in your life where you're not yielded to God, it's sin and it's represented as evil. Okay, but I just want you to read these verses here today as we just did, but it it will do you well to spend some time meditating or thinking deeply on those two verses that I just read. Maybe think about, like I said, ponder the path of your feet, right? This is how you can be established in your ways, by being diligent about your every decision and, and questioning yourself. Testing yourself, am I in the faith? Do, am I living the way God, my creator, designed for me to live? Because you see, I'm not talking to you, and I never do, about religion. I'm not talking to you about joining a church, joining a religion, becoming part of this group, or becoming part of that group. I'm talking about, and what I like to teach is, and speak to is who you are as a living soul. Because that's what the Bible does in our lives. Right? It's, it's not a matter of you following a man, following a religion, following a certain teacher, whatever it may be. A teacher who is, a, is, is someone that is pointing people to Jesus don't, doesn't really want you to follow them. I don't want you to follow me. I don't need a following. I want you to, matter of fact, 
Read the Bible yourself and test what I say. That's why, though, I have you look at the Bible yourself so you can read it. And then I just expound on it a little bit. But you need to read the Bible for yourself because this is the Word of God. It is the written Word of God. It is a living Word, as it says in Hebrews. Right? It's a living Word. It says it's an active Word. It's sharper than to any, any two-edged sword, it says, right? And it cuts down within you. Right? It, it says it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. That innermost being in you. That place where you can so often feel lost. You can so often feel alone. You can so often feel like, what's my purpose in life? Why am I here? Type thing. God wants to speak to all that. God, by His Spirit, wants to indwell you and to take up residence within your heart. But your choices matter. Okay, and we're going to talk about that more back in, but let's look back at um, chapter 3 again, verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Wow, it would definitely benefit us all to spend some time meditating and thinking deeply about those verses there, those two verses as well. The word mercy there, if you look it up in the Hebrew, it's a word that speaks of, it actually speaks of kindness, goodness, faithfulness, doing good deeds. And this is the way of the wise man, be he a young man, be an old man, the wise woman. This is the way of the wise. Are you presently or have you recently been walking through this life in this manner, what's being described here in these verses? Has your life thus far demonstrated kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and doing good deeds? And by the way, these are some of the fruits of the Spirit that are mentioned in the New Testament book of Galatians chapter 5 as well. And the truth of the matter is, is that you really need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life in order to live this kind of life that's being talked about here. You need the power of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to all who will simply repent of their sin and come to faith in Jesus. And they come into a servanthood relationship with Jesus Christ as their Lord and King. But we also see there in verse 3 the importance of truth. The Word of God is truth. Jesus Christ, like I mentioned earlier, the way, the truth, the life. He's the only way to have abundant life, a good life, a life of contentment for your soul. Right? To come to our Father and to come to the way of peace that Jesus talks about, you must enter there through making a choice. And that choice is to repent. And often we think of repentance as that person that may look like a wild man on the corner screaming repent but you know what one of the first people that screamed repent was a wild man John the Baptist okay 
But the message is clear and the message is important. We must turn. We must make the choice to turn from being captain of our ship, being Lord of our own lives, saying, I can't do this. I need God, the Father. And you may be one that says, well, I don't need that. I can do this, you might think, at this point in your life. But that'll change. Life will whack you upside of the head one of these days, and everything will change when it comes to that. And someone that, I'm, that is watching this, uh, either live or the recording of this, whatever it may be, uh, you're seeking. You're, you're not here by accident hearing the Word of God. There's something within you that's wondering, that's, that's pondering you know, the, the, the path of your feet at this point in your life, right? And these verses here point out to us that mercy and truth are to be worn around the neck, it says. In other words, that's simply saying that these things should be on display. Everyone should be able to see this in your life. This should be on display in your daily lives, right? And they are to be kept so ingrained within you that they're written on the table of your heart. They're at the core of who you are. Then in so doing, it says in verse 4, you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. You know, this is gold, my friend. You need to pay attention to this. These, these words that we are reading here should be the foundation that your life is built upon. For that matter, the whole of the word of God should be the foundation that your life is built upon. Jesus, the Lord, the King, said in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 that whoever hears these sayings of his, he said, and does them, that he will liken that person to, to a wise man who built their house upon the rock. And when the storms of life hit, you just stay focused. You just stay content because you're rooted and grounded in the Word of God. And you have the Spirit of God within you because you've surrendered to Him and you've turned to Him. You've made that choice. But what kind of foundation have you built in your life thus far? Something else to ponder, right? What kind of foundation are you standing upon now? If you are not yet doing so, it's time for you to trust in the Lord. And verse 5 tells us this and says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. You see, maybe you've been a person, be it young or old, that has up until now, up until this point in your life, you've lived by your own understanding. In other words, you figured out a certain way in which you want to live and that way feels right to you. Or maybe a certain way of life has been thrusted upon you. Maybe you were just raised up a certain way and you have a certain mentality as a result. That's why repentance is necessary. That's why there has to be a turning around, a renewing in your mind, a renewing of your mind, right? But a lot of people today say, I don't want to take nobody's advice. And, and, and they just follow others and they make bad choices and they go along with the flow of this world. And 
You know, there, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So, you see, you could be living in a manner that seems right to you. And again, you're your own Lord. You're the king of your own life. So everything's okay with you. But there's someone greater than you. That's your creator. And he made a certain way. There's a certain flow that he prescribes for us to live by. And it's to come out of this world. To not be like the world. To be separate from the world. Okay? Separate how? Separate within your innermost being. Who you are internally. Who you are at the core, at your foundation. That's what the Word of God is speaking to. And that's what the power of the Word of God goes to within you. It's not about your outward body. It's not about your clothing. It's not about how you look or how you don't look. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart, the scripture tells us. So if your way doesn't line up with God's way, that is the good way, the wise way, well then you're on a path that leads to destruction. The destruction of your soul. You're on a path that leads to hopelessness. A path where you're not trusting in the living God and you're not faithful, walking in faithfulness, but rather you're living and leaning on your own understanding. This will lead you to death. Again, the death of your soul. And in that death, you will find no light, no hope, no future. You will find that you are lost. And ultimately, you will find that you are separated from the Father God because you turned your back on Him by your choices. And, and again, all of this will be the result of your choices. No one, not even God himself, forces himself upon you. God doesn't, he didn't make you to be a robot, didn't make us to, 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 to follow, you know, forcefully his ways, his truth, his word. It's a choice. You're a living soul. You have a choice to do this or not. In Deuteronomy, in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, God said to his children Israel in, in chapter 30 and verse 19, he said, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So God even to this very day today, is still given man the ability to make choices. And that verse that I just read to you ends up by saying, what? It says, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. You see, many people that don't follow in the way of righteousness, they're not on the narrow path, right? are not only not considerate of the people presently in their lives, but they have no regard for their descendants either, those that will come after them or what their future life will be like. And, you know, they, they look back, they, they, they don't care like what their cousin or future 
cousin or, or distant relation someday is going to look back and say, oh, I had an aunt so-and-so, an uncle so-and-so, and they lived their life in this manner. Your life, your decisions have implications in other people's lives. They have an impact, right, on other people's lives, right? Will your child someday look back and realize that they had a father who, and a mother who, I mean, who knows? I mean, some, some what young people are doing and what, you know, what the, the foolish decisions that young people make where they look back and they say, my, my father was a drug head. He was an alcoholic. He was lazy. He was a fornicator, right? That, that's all determined by your decisions today. So there is an impact on your choices that goes beyond you. And it goes beyond just today. There can be an eternal impact. And of course, for those of us that were that way at one time in their life without God in our, in our world, it can all be erased through the forgiveness that God is offering to anyone that will repent, that is willing to repent and to come to faith in Jesus. Repent, simply to turn away from the way you've lived thus far. To turn away from it being all about your desire and to say, you know what? What the Word of God says, this is how I'm going to live. Right? But, oh, if I had known, I think about this for myself. If I had known then who I know now, see, I didn't say what I know now. If I would have known back then when I was running in my foolishness, who I know now. Jesus, as King, as Lord, things could be so different. But this father, Solomon, that, that's writing this, this book here, and your father, God, and, and your loved ones here on this earth that want good for you, other people that care about you, they hope that you will choose the path of goodness, the path of righteousness, the narrow path, a path where you're living a life that displays that you trust in the Lord with all your heart. And you're not leaning upon your own understanding, but in all your ways you are acknowledging Him. It says in verse 6, In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. You see, this is what it is to call Jesus Lord. To, to have Him as your King and for you to be His subject, His, his servant. It's kind of hard for people nowadays who don't live under a king, right, an earthly king, to understand the, the kind of life and, and, and the kind of things that the Bible describes sometimes here about serving Jesus as our King and Lord. But we are subjects of His. We are servants of His. We are to, to bow before Him. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord to the glory of God. So we surrender to Him. He's high and lifted up. Yes, He came on this earth. He walked on this earth as a man. He was God in the flesh, but He walked on this earth as a man. He humbled himself. He became like a man. He became, became just like us. And he was tempted in all ways like as we are. Yet he remained without sin. But he rose from the dead. And now he ever lives and he's glorified. 
and he's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords and he's worthy of us to bow down to him, to bow our hearts to him and surrender to him. This is what it means to have Jesus as your Lord. You are not Lord of your life any longer because you've repented of that. You've repented of all of your fullnessness. And again, you've decided to line your life up with the things described in the word of God, right? Everything about your life, you acknowledge him in. Not just some things. It says in all your ways there, right? In verse six, in, in all thy ways. Everything about your life, where you work, where you live, where and what you buy, what you sell. Everything about your life needs to be surrendered to Jesus. You, you pray in this manner, if it be your will, oh God, I'll do this. I'll do that. Right? He wants to direct our ways, the paths of those that acknowledge Him as their Lord and King. And you can make that choice today to surrender your life to Him. Verse 7 says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and do what? It says, Depart from evil. So again, this is just simply describing a person that submits to the Lord and chooses to repent. That is, again, to, to turn from, to stop their sinful ways. Have you been fornicating? Stop. Do you have a baby on the way? Doesn't matter. Stop. Repent. Okay? Get married. And it's no longer fornication. Submit your life to Christ. Don't be deceived, right? The Bible says fornicators won't, will not enter the kingdom of God, nor do sinners of any sort unless they repent. Or as verse 7 says here, they depart from evil. That's a choice that you can make. What's the result? Verse 8, it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. You know, in a Bible commentary written by an, a man named Adam Clark, he speaks of this verse and he gives what I believe to be a wonderful explanation of this, or at least a, something wonderful to think about, right? He speaks of the umbilical cord that a, that a fetus within the womb of a mother uh, receives his or her nourishment from. And he talks about how the baby receives nothing by mouth nor by any other means while in the womb, only the umbilical cord, right? But that's what provides all the nourishment for the baby. And the circulation of the blood is kept up in this way as well. So he's pointing out what that man Adam Clark was pointing out is that when one trusts in the Lord and acknowledges him in all of his ways, that this person has come to realize that this is as essential to the life of God in the soul of man as the umbilical cord is to the life and the growth of the baby in the womb. He explains that without the umbilical cord, no human being, of course, could ever exist or be born. And that without trusting in the Lord with all your heart, there can be no relationship with God. No being born again, as Jesus said, is necessary. No spiritual nourishment for you. So you end up feeling lost. 
And speaking of marrow to the bones, Adam Clark points out that this too is a metaphor that speaks of how the larger bones of the body have either a large uh, cavity or they are like a sponge. And it is there that it is in there that the marrow is contained, right? And that this marrow provides support and strength to the bones and the bones strengthen and then support the whole body. And this represents how faith in God is the support, the strength, the energy, and the salvation of the soul. Faith in God, trusting in the Lord with all your heart. You see, personally, personally I point this out time and time again in my teachings that the Lord is not focused on the outer man. I'm sure I said that earlier here in this teaching, but rather he's focused on changing who you are in your inner man, that innermost being, your soul. And of course, this will then affect who you are as a character and how other people see you. Jesus says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So who you are internally is known on the outward as well, right? And hence the reason back in verse 4 of this chapter, it speaks of having favor with both God and man. Because it changes who you are internally and others see it. So you have favor with man as well, right? It does matter how you appear to others. The example that you set as a godly man, a godly woman. But it must, but it must first begin within you. You will be strengthened and nursed by trusting in God just as a baby in the womb is nursed through the umbilical cord. How awesome is our God. These wonderful instructions continue in verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of thine increase. So shall, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst forth, burst out with new wine. Again, just another stressing here of the fact that the way that you live your life should exemplify that every aspect of your life honors the Lord and everything that you do. The money you make, that which you buy, that which you sell, and that which you give away to help others. In our society today, many people are just takers, right? They just, they buy, they sell in, in a manner that's all about pleasing themselves and, and they're looking out for themselves and they're looking to step on other people, cut off other people, right? Does not our Lord tell us that we are to consider others as better than ourselves? You see, you will have a blessed life when you place the Lord and His commands above your own desires. So we're going to stop here for today. But this gives us a lot to think about. And I really encourage you to dig deeply yourself into the Word of God and to ponder the path of your feet. To look at your decisions and where have they gotten you? And to ask yourself, do the decisions that you make in life, 
the choices that you make? Are they pleasing to God? How can you know? Well, the way you can know is by His Word, like I read from uh, David in Psalm 119, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. We can take the word of God and it has the power to transform our lives. And we can read it and we can study it. We can hide it in our heart. Grow in the knowledge of it. Grow in the understanding of it. If you need help, I have over 300 and some teachings out on uh, in audio format anyway, not video format, but uh, I have audio teachings on SoundCloud. You can go there or iTunes and you can search for a love outreach and you can open up the Bible and pick a book and start to go through it. But I suggest that if you're new in this whole concept of faith in God and you're seeking, read the Gospel of John. In the New Testament section of the Bible, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I suggest you read the Gospel of John, read the book of Ephesians, but also make a decision in your life to make Proverbs a part of your life. Read one proverb a day. When you get through it that month, start it again. When you get through it again that month, start it again. Let it be something where you're filling your heart with the Word of God. Because then what happens is you no longer end up leaning on your own understanding because your own understanding has been replaced with the power of the Word of God that is hidden in your heart. And this is God's desire for you. And He has a way that is good for you. He has a way for your soul to prosper so that you don't feel lost and confused. You know, we live in a world right now where you know, here in the United States anyway, and I guess the world in general, but where it seems like things are falling apart and people's foundation is being shaken. Their soul is being shaken, right? They're scared, hiding away in fear, you know? And their souls are being destroyed. But really, it could be a good thing if it causes you to ponder, and to say, where am I? Could be a good thing. You know, so today's the day where you have the opportunity after listening to this teaching, you have the opportunity to make a choice. One big choice to say, yes, I want to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. And from this day forward, I'm going to acknowledge Him in all of my ways. And then He becomes Lord of your life and He directs your path. And you choose to be obedient to what is written in the Word of God. Thanks for watching. We'll go ahead and close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank You for Your love and grace. Thank You, Lord, that You have not left us to be here on this earth comfortless. You've not left us to be here on this earth alone but you have given us your Holy Spirit to indwell us, to bring us into remembrance, Lord, of all the things that you've said and that you've done. And you have given us your written word, Lord, that we can read the Bible. And I'm sure that every household in America has a Bible. Maybe not, but I would think they do, Lord. And you are calling people unto, to come unto you, not to come to religion, not to come to a building, 
not to, not to come to a denomination, but to come unto you. You said, if we come unto you, we'll find rest for our souls. So I pray, Lord, for myself, for anyone else that listens to this, Lord, that we would seek you, that we would place you in the highest authority in our lives, Lord, that we would surrender to you, Lord. Let your will be done in our hearts and minds. And again, we thank you for this time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, thank you for watching, for listening, whatever the case may be. God bless. If you have any questions, the website is on the page here, www.aloveoutreach.com. You can go there. We have a contact form that you can fill out if you need prayer. If you have any questions, you need counseling, whatever the case may be, check out the website there. Uh, It's not the best, fanciest thing in the world, but check it out. And uh, we'd love to help you in any way that we can. But God bless. Have a wonderful day.